Smack Bang in the middle of our list for review season is a novel that captured my heart when I first read it for its fun take on a distinguished, no introductions needed character in eighth place, the always lovely Sophie Hannah's Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot's Silent Night, which we had the pleasure of covering on the show quite late in our year. Silent Night is a new and ambitious look into the life and times of Hercule Poirot and is the fifth in a series of revival novels, which we sought out after tackling Anthony Horowitz's acclaimed Moriarty. We've had a chance this year to just scratch the surface of these new age revisitations of classic characters, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to diving into more of those next year. Silent Night begins with a simple premise. Hercule Poirot and his sidekick Edward Catchpool are lounging around in Poirot's mansion, looking forward to spending a quiet and hopefully murderless Christmas together for once. Uh, unfortunately, the in-laws have arrived to spoil all of their fun. Catchpool, who, as far as I can tell, is an invented character by Sophie Hanna, is ambushed by his mother, Cynthia, who arrives, impersonating one of their family friends, because she knows that he wouldn't talk to her otherwise. She demands tea and biscuits from Poirot, and then whisks them both away to a dark, wet and crumbling family mansion of Frelingslow House, Frelly to its friends, where they will spend Christmas and bask in familial love like the good old days. Of course, there is a catch, and not just the catch pool. A murder has been committed in the nearby St. Walston's Hospital. A man named Stanley Niven is put to death there by smashing his head with a vase. Cynthia swears she's never met the man in her life, but her friend Vivienne, married to one Arnold Laurier, believes that her husband will also be killed if he moves into the ward that Niven occupied. If this all sounds a little bit convoluted to you, it's because it is. This premise is delivered to us through Cynthia's rambling anecdotes, with Sophie Hannah breaking up her barely polite conversation, with descriptions of train rides and food, and Poirot's preoccupation with how jolly both the murder victim and the potential one are. This is no mistake, and perhaps my favorite aspect of the novel itself. The word of the day is structure. Hannah goes to great lengths to keep tension rolling from one chapter to the next. I think this can be quite hit or miss depending on how you approach the novel. You might find it frustrating to have to wait for crucial pieces of mystery information that has been built up over the last chapter or several, but I found it quite delightful. The story is of course set during the Christmas period in the lead up to the day. It's only fitting that Hannah treats her mystery boxes like presents not to be unwrapped too early. And I found it fairly amusing to watch how she would cut off a vital witness just before they revealed an important backstory, or she cuts back and forth in the narration between Poirot and Catchpool's clue hunting just before they stumble into something truly exciting to be revealed instead from a different perspective moving into the scene. We'd best talk about the cast then. This is another novel that contains a sprawling cast of characters that is unified by a location much like Death in the House of Rain by Su Yen Lin, Silent Night relies on Freli itself, the giant mansion that's about to collapse into the sea. To maintain its atmosphere and represent the themes of the extended family that dwells within it, I really enjoy that the mansion itself maintains an active presence in the minds of the squabbling characters, the siblings in particular. Everyone's attitude towards their house, whether they care about it falling into the sea or want to repair it, reveals a lot about their motivations and interests. The siblings, they see their father, Arnold, teetering on the precipice of death, and rather than clinging to any hope that he can be saved, are instead locked in vicious debate about whether he should be allowed to die in the house, which would taint its memory, 
or the hospital where he would be away from his precious family home. Arnold, for his part, wants to die in the hospital so he can have a shot at solving the mystery of the book, which is an absolutely delightful character trait for a man with as many death flags as there are bricks in his house. He also deeply desires to keep the mansion from perishing, a hope that every other family member seems to lack. There are also the Surtees, who are parents of the, the siblings' wives of the main family, who have been recently demoted to servant status, cooking and cleaning, which is always a fun way of including servants in the narrative while still including them as suspects. There's also a, a doctor, Dr. Osgood, who seems to be nursing some kind of lovesickness and quoting Romeo and Juliet as often as he can. And the novel quickly establishes a running theme of setting things up in whimsical or poetical style, but I feel it does misstep towards the payoff at the end of the novel. I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing more of all of these characters in future Poirot novels, but I have to say there are a few character traits and plot lines that don't quite seek the landing. It's difficult to give spoiler for examples, but the best advocate for my position is Cynthia, who is a charming, larger-than-life character. She does some really morally dubious acts that contribute to the investigation, which is really fun. I love her as a character concept, but she doesn't actually change or receive comeuppance for her actions. It leaves you at the end with a sense of expectation that isn't quite fulfilled, that her character will be elevated above and beyond her initial appearance. That said, I'm entirely happy with planning Sophie Hannah's Silent Night in the middle of our recommendations for this year. I can recommend this one to any fans of Christie's original work as it continues Poirot's original legacy of mystery chasing and solving, and it injects just the right balance of cynicism and larger-than-life characters to keep you guessing until the very last chapter about what craziness they'll get up to next. <laughs> You're listening to Death of the Reader on 2SCR 107.3.